All right, ladies and germs, it's Nova here, and it is another week uh, of comic book reading and enjoyment. And with me uh, on Four Guys in a Comic, as always, I've got the three other guys. Uh, Tap, Red, Rusty, why don't you make your presence known? Here. Hello, world! Howdy! Yes, happy April Fool's Day to all of you fools. Yeah. Got to think back, you know, to a year ago. Remember what? Remember four guys in a comic one year ago? Yeah, that was a great day. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, for those of you that people. don't know, uh, we had played the long game and uh, basically mentioned how uh, some guy named Stanley Martin Lieber kept trying to get a hold of us, and we finally did, got him on, and he did want to do a quick on the spot podcast, which of course, as you may or may not know. Stanley Martin Lieber is Stanley, and of course Rusty couldn't make it because we knew at that particular time of the day he was working. <laughs> that was it, fun. It was. Yep. Put horrible people. Put up a whole podcast with an old re- interview by Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens uh, this year. The podcast timing is the podcast time is still very small, so who knows what's going to happen in the next uh, next hour? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? But um, on a non foolish note, what have you guys been reading this week? What's going on? Comics. Well, yeah, I was gonna say this week Who's I have read excited? so much. Well, Rusty, you tell us then, man. Well, first off, you know. I've been reading a little story before bed uh, called Sandman. And, you know, it's weird. I haven't read it before. And I've gone through the first issue now. Um, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Back up. Oh, you just said you I've been reading often, this. You? Yeah, I've been reading this book right before bed. Like You say like you've been reading it all week. And then you end it with I read the first <laughs> issue. Not the first arc, the first issue. <laughs> or whatever we... Okay, it's been a long so, couple yeah, nights, that's, That doesn't quite add up. <laughs> whatever... Sandman uh, puts him to what, sleep like that. <laughs> yeah. I've been reading the first issue every night this week. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, so I've been reading... Okay, I, okay so let me explain myself. Uh, I guess the first one is like 50-something pages. Am I right? Maybe. I Listen, think you like make all the excuses pages. you want, all right? Either okay. way. I, the <laughs> thing is, okay, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie to you. I fell asleep twice reading it. That's the yeah, title. That's <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. I fell asleep twice reading it in bed. Um, I really enjoy it so far. Obviously. Um, I can tell there's a lot more to it. <laughs> I know I just said I fell asleep reading it, but I know there's a lot more to it. And I'm, like, getting through it, and I got through the first one now. And now I guess, like... I don't. What is the guy's like name? Like with the black hair. Morpheus. The actual Dream. character. Like, what's his full name? Dream Morpheus. He's got a lot of names, man. Yeah. Yeah. The same well, name. I mean, he actually is like woken up. He like tricked him and got out of it. And now. You talking about the cage? He, yeah, he got out of the cage, and then he um, blew up that dude's head or whatever. Or no, 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 no that was later. I got it all mixed up. But yeah, Jesus. he's out of the cage. He uh, has clothes and everything, and then he's meeting up with the dude that's like, there's no way that you're He's here. looking for his mask, right? Yeah, I guess so. He's, he's, guess he's searching for his mask right now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's that's about as far as I've gotten so far. 
Nova will be the first one to say too that with Sandman, it very much though. I, what I will give you is is that one issue of Sandman does feel like an entire arc. Um, that yeah. is one thing that me and Nova has discussed in the past about Sandman is is you know that one issue does feel like a complete arc. Gaiman's writing is so in depth and detailed that it it can feel like an eternity, but in a good way, not in a bad way. Right. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes it just feels like a single issue is enough, and you're like, all right, well, that was like a huge dose of Sandman. Now I can go read something mindless like uh, Venom. Yeah, Sandman's kind of massive form. Yeah, Sandman's kind of hard to binge. Um, multiple yeah. multiple issues just due to the fact that it is so, so dense. You, yeah, you gotta take a minute just to like let it all soak in because it is kind of a mind trip too. But it's funny that you actually brought up Sandman and him in the cage because one of the books that I was reading is none other than Kevin Smith's run on Green Arrow. So Phil Hester, Andy Parks, Kevin Smith back in like 99-ish um, wrote a 15 arc or 15 issue arc uh, Green Arrow story and I've never read it um, until this week and I'm almost done. I haven't gotten quite through all of it. But it is so damn good. It is one of my all-time favorite arcs now, and I'm not even done with it. It's up there with, like, Identity Crisis and Animal Man for me. It is so good. And there's, like, so many cameos in it. For instance, there's a Sandman cameo with him trapped in the thing before he gets free. It's it's incredible, dude. There's so many cameos. You got Batman, Aquaman, Wonder. I mean, you got all the Justice League. Okay, I don't need to name them all off. You got all the Justice League that make cameo appearances. Some bigger than others. Um, you got the Spectre, Hal Jordan Spectre, but the Spectre makes an appearance. You've got uh, Sandman makes a little cameo appearance. It's amazing. as all the characters that you could ever want in a story. That sounds really cool. And I'm Those reading it. Kevin Smith. Yes. And I'm reading it in the big, like, oversized Absolute Edition. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's incredible and beautiful art. And I'm very excited because I get to see Phil Hester and Andy Parks next month, and I'm going to have them sign that. Whoop, whoop. So... So cool. do you feel like he kind of put all those characters in there as like maybe I may never be able to yes. do this again so let me use as many characters as I <laughs> Yes. Can. Yes. Yeah. He's like I get to play in DC's sandbox and the story's unique. It's a very 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 unique story. Yeah, he makes a cool villain. You go to heaven. It's a cool. Yeah, villain. you go to heaven in this one like literally literally heaven. Um you go to I don't even know how to explain, it, man. It's just so it's amazing. Like, it starts off with a little girl and sex trafficking, and you think that's what the arc's about, and then all of a sudden it takes, like, a complete 90-degree turn, and next thing you know, you're dealing with, like, supernatural-type stuff and Hal Jordan the Spectre. It's, it's insane, but insanely good. So, speaking of Hal Jordan, did you read Hal Jordan this past week? Uh, I mean, y'all talked about it already, right? We haven't, actually. Um... No, we haven't uh, recorded in a while. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It we was can, so cool. Yeah, we can talk about it now. We definitely did read it. Uh, well, I read it anyway. It's the, um, I guess it's sort of the return of Kyle Rayner, as it were. I like mm-hmm. return in quotations because, you know, he was never really gone from the Green Lantern books, but, you know. Yeah, I thought that was dope. And then they also had the whole thing in there where it was like, the only guy that could beat Arkilo. 
and <laughs> guys just laying there like dead, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was so good. Awesome. Yeah, no, guy was great in that, and uh, he even got a uh, Stewart to chuckle a little bit at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, but um, I thought it was hilarious that he gave Arkilo his tooth back. He's like, you can have yeah. this. <laughs> but no, no that was great. a really good read. I, you know what? I've come to the conclusion they should make a Captain Marvel book where Venditti, or however you say his Vendidi. name, Venditti and Venditti and uh, Vin, Michael Vin Allred. Diesel. Ooh, yeah, they should do it. They should do Captain Marvel. Hmm. He's, I mean, if you think about his Exo Man War and now his. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. I mean, it's like, why not? Well, probably because he's exclusive to DC right now, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too, maybe. Is he signed Is he? over to them now? I don't know. I'm guessing that aside from creator-owned, they're exclusive to DC. Maybe. I feel like any time doing... you sign with the big two, you're exclusive to them, minus any creator-owned. Well, I mean, a lot of those guys, some of those guys are doing Valiant stuff, and I guess like Lemire... He's just sort of. He's never been exclusive. He just sort of bounces around and yeah. does whatever well, the hell he wants. He just left Marvel, so yeah, he's going back oh, to. He's probably own. making so much more. He's probably making so much cash working indie. Like it's there's no point for him to work for Marvel. He got his thing done. He wrote his X Men, wrote some Moon Knight, wrote some Green Arrow, Wolverine. He's he's good. I would be done with Mar- like a big two company after that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, one of the things in Hal Jordan that I noticed, though, and I guess I just, I don't know, I never heard really anyone talking about it, is when the ring split up for the White Lantern thing and it separated or whatever, Mm -hmm. there was a pink ring and it was for love? Yeah. Yeah. There's a pink lantern? uh, Yeah. It's like every color of the emotional spectrum. Okay, so what do the pink lanterns do? Uh, It's like Star Sapphire. love you to death. Well, I think they... They're kind of vicious, really if I remember. Death, if I remember correctly, in the arcs that I've feminist. read, yes, they are. But like, they're <laughs> hardcore. Like, way to like put it, they, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're that's hardcore. What I mean. Yeah, they're hardcore. I mean. They're not. Uh, they're not they're like manipulating with love. You know, they're using it in a, a different. They're way. seducing people. Yeah, is that what they do? <laughs> they're seductresses. Yeah, they're they're pretty. I, they're pretty hardcore. John Stewart was one for like a couple issues. It's kind of no cool. Joke. Yeah. That's funny. That's really funny. That's, I don't know. I didn't realize that there was that many. It was like six or seven. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head exactly. I think it was like six. Yeah. yeah speaking of Green Lantern, I had to go back into the 70s this week and reread Green Lantern, Green Arrow, issue number 86, the one with the iconic uh, hypodermic needle on the cover. <laughs> it's Ooh. probably been like 30 plus years since I've read it, and it's like, you know what? I need to reread that again. Because somebody was talking about it in one of the chat rooms. Like, yeah, I just need to reread because I know I had it in comicology and reread it again. It's like, wow, yeah, wow. That is, that is a heavy issue. But and you can understand why it is the way it is. Is that the one like, Neil Adams did the art on yeah, that one, right? Yes, yes. Are they remastering his artwork on the digital stuff? Because I know they have in like the omnibuses and stuff where with his art. Does it look like, like recoloring it's it? Like touched up, yeah. No, I, it doesn't look touched up to me. In fact, okay. some of the panels in there are an actual, like, basically like a photograph of mm. like New York City with a picture of Green Lantern um, drawn over the picture. I wouldn't be surprised. Neil Adams has admitted that he uh, he traces. So this wasn't a trace. I mean, this was a photograph. 
Oh, an actual photo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus. They kind of did stuff like that within um, God Love Man Kills, where they had like photos in it and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I want to. How was it though, Red? How did the story hold up over the years? Actually, yes, it did hold up. You know, basically, I'm trying. I, I can't remember the exact exact verbiage in it, but there was a scene where you know Speed was talking about. He's like, I had to try because I can't believe you guys when you I mean you said you know war was a good thing to do or uh you know basically contradicting um what the older generation has said and now war right. creates peace or i try to remember all the different stuff but it really kind of does hold up because the misconception that the youth has from the the older generation it still all holds up but hmm. uh i as i can say if, if nobody's ever read it i i'd say give it a read it's a quick read interesting um, I would combine issue 85 with that because that's the part one of the story. So, give well, it a try. Doesn't say they also have Absolute Green Arrow Green Lantern out as well. And the big, like, huge oversized deluxe hardcovers where it has, like, that entire run. Yeah. Which would probably be cheaper than if you wanted to go pick up the single issue as you get off a of college. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. They are pricey. Yeah. But other than comic, other than uh, Green Lanterns, I think uh, a few of us here have read Exo Manowar, if I understand correctly. Yes, sir. Mm, I'm the odd man out. Oh, I should have read it. Though. Man, you're a slacker. Okay, first off, who wrote it? Matt Kent. Who wrote it? Matt Kent. Matt Kent. Okay, yes. who did the art? That would have been a, Thomas Girello. Never yes, seen him before. Yeah, somebody I've never heard of. God. New guy. But my but, God, is his artwork good? I mean, and everything think, about is he like, this issue, it's like the quality of the paper, the, the cover is different than what I'm used to. It's a thicker quality paper. Just the whole thing was put together so nicely. I read it digitally, so I can't comment on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I I haven't read, like, issue 50 of Venditti's run, so I don't exactly know where he left off, but this is, like, a, a huge... I think it's like a big jump like it's com- very different mm-hmm. from maybe where he left off that's why they did like the renumbering it just feels it's it felt so epic yeah it's basically like a huge battle scene where where Eric is he doesn't have the armor on like he's it's crazy I need to find out what's happening like yeah and instead of so Eric Adacia it's yeah. Eric Adacia he's Eric of Earth <laughs> yeah, Earth, Earth with you but yeah Earth he's on the planet Gorian it looks like he's been living there for a while, took up a new wife, got rid of the a suit. A wife with the tail? A wife with a tail. Uh, <laughs> where they placed that tail during uh, yeah. intercourse as well. She, oh. she wanted to do some unsuspecting things with that tail. Oh. Yeah. yeah. A little probing. A little probing. <laughs> Just um, a little. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... The artwork was gorgeous, and he's, like, talking to the armor now and sort of, like, mm-hmm. commanding it around. I need to find out what's going yeah. on. And the armor Just, talks back. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy, but it's so good. And the armor's kind of got like this. The armor, kinda. And the armor sort of has like this. uh, I don't know, like this badass attitude. (laughs) It's like he's like, I need you now. Of course you do. (laughs) I know that last full panel at the end. Yes, it's like wow. It was awesome. It was actually really, really well done. I'm very excited. Yeah, it kept keeps your entertainment. There's so much going on in there. Great. Art, everything. I mean, this is this is an A plus book that has to go on a pull list. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Like, whenever people sort of get into this whole Marvel DC debate, now I I just sort of take a a back seat, and I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm so glad Valiant's a thing. Like, there's just so much. 
I, I'm loving Rebirth now, but the way Valiant handles their universe is just, I think it's, they're doing it the best out of all the, of the other two companies. Obviously, the other two sell more, but like, with Valiant, they, they don't put out too many books, so they can actually, you know, make sure they know what the hell's going on from book to book, so it's not a confusing mess, like um, maybe Uncanny Avengers and, and Captain America, which I guess we'll talk about later. Um, no. You know, stuff like that. They sort of keep their continuity in a place where it makes sense. Um, so, and it's it's good stuff. Like, they, you know, they got great writers. Matt Kent's doing so much work for those guys, and he's just... Yeah, Matt Kent he's is a force. He is a force. I mean, speaking of Matt Kent, um, I believe you also read Grass Kings, did you not? I did. I did. Yeah, I did as well. All right. So, Rusty, Rusty did you read it at all? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm out again. It's all good. My bad. It's all good. Hey, but you know what? I bet we could sell you on this too. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Let's hear it's, it. It's come interesting. Come on, guys. Yeah. Come on. Put it over on me. All right, well, I guess I could start. So basically, Grass Kings um, is about, I read this again, like maybe it was about two weeks ago when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Grass Kings is about this, this island, sort of an island connected with a bridge, something like that, where they basically, they're detached from America and they're like their own refuge, refugee country sort of place. Um, and there's a whole bunch of like mysteries swirling around. There's apparently like a serial killer that's hiding in the city um like i said people like just they they claim they work because they want to work there's this i forget his name and i apologize maybe red or tap you guys can chime in there's this dude who um i think he's the sheriff of of grassland or the grass kingdom yeah he's a wannabe Uh, sheriff i guess you can say humbert Humbert. and yeah he's got some deep secrets i'm really excited to see Mm -hmm. unravel uh he's sort of a loose cannon um and yeah, like it, the whole issue is just this cop sort of driving a kid who snuck onto the island. Mm-hmm. And he's just driving him around, telling him about it and telling him, you, like, you can't just come in here. As soon as you come here, you're sort of breaking the law and we can kill you if we want to. Uh, and there's all these little like secrets and like these little mysteries sort of tossed at you that, um, you know, lots of questions. Uh, and it's Matt Kent writing, so I'm sure yeah. it's going to be very good. What did you guys think of the art? I didn't um, mind it. I didn't mind it. it all. Had it's a different ju- when I'm used to, but it, it still was still okay for me. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was torn. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it because I'm not really like a fan of that style. But at the same time, it seemed to fit the book. Yeah, like I tried, like I tried to imagine the same pictures, but drawn like how I'm used to seeing stuff or how I enjoy my art, mm-hmm. and it just didn't seem like it would work as well. So I will say it. it while it's not my normal style that I prefer, it does work well with the book. Yeah, it's sort of like a Jeff Lemire style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good way, okay. way to put it. Yeah. But you know this, you know this island area for gra- Grass Kingdom. Grass you know, Kingdom. It's, yeah. What seven hundred years? I think they've been holding it and defending it and keeping outsiders yeah. away from it. You know, they it had starts a great off- intro too. Yeah, and that yeah, intro. Yeah, yeah. So wait, so yeah, is go, this go based that. like on? It's, you said it's based like in like off the U.S. Is it like based in current time? Yes. Or? Yes. It just started okay. off, you know, with the American Indians and all that kind of stuff. It was but a great do they have like starting. technology and stuff? Oh yeah. Or? So it's yeah. like every day. They got, day. It's they like got radios and yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just they gave you a really nice timeline to ex- explain the background of the story, especially with the sheriff driving through the kid through the town to kind yeah. of explain to give you the nice opening of the first issue of what's happening. 
then it has a nice cliffhanger, you know, at the end of it, you know, because there's a, yeah. obviously a girl that's missing as well. So it's just something you definitely was like, yeah, I, I want to read the second issue. We'll find out what's going on with it. Yeah, and the way it started was really cool because it showed like uh, Native Indians and just sort of how they used to fight over that territory and then it just shows it over time and how not, not much has really changed. It's still this sort of, you know, whoever kills a king rules this place now, like that sort of thing. So I, I'm really interested to see more. Yeah. I'll keep reading it for sure. Yeah, definitely. Sounds cool. <clears throat> Sounds cool. But yeah, I mean, with Matt Kent between this and Exo Manowar, his writing really is oh, yeah. amazing. Nin- Ninjak as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's writing Department H, which I've I read the first arc of really good stuff. He's drawing that also. He's a madman. He's like Lemire, writing and doing a and drawing a book as well. He's crazy. Yeah. I don't know how they find time for this stuff. Yeah. But we'll get to well, meet him, Tap and I. We will be meeting him very soon. Yes, sir. Kansas City Comic Con. Cool. But Tap, your thoughts on uh, Tap thoughts <laughs> on uh, <laughs> on Grass Kingdom. Um, I thought the first issue was okay. Um, I'm not 100% sold on it yet, but I'm also very curious to see where it goes. Like, it, it left me wanting more to see yes. where it kind of goes, but I'm not like, oh my god, this is great, put it on your pull list. I'm, I'm not quite there yet. But then again, it's only issue one. It's very rare that one issue into a book is going to do that for someone. So... Exo Man did that for me though. Yeah, yeah, no, there's yeah. there's exceptions. Yeah. yeah, there is, there is, and there is. But few, uh, few yeah, no. So we'll we'll see. Like I said, it's it's definitely got some potential to do some really cool stuff. So I'm kind of interested to see where it goes. It almost reminds me a little bit of Postal. Like yeah, how they have how they have like their own community that. and their own laws, mm-hmm. and they do their yeah. own thing. And um, it it did kind of feel like Postal, but trailer parky. <laughs> like yeah. All right. Well, I have one more indie book to talk about before I'm going to crack open a beer and then we're going to get into Marvel because I have a long, long list of Marvel this week, guys. But the one that I wanted to talk about beforehand was I know that you guys know that I've been on a horror kick for forever now. And I've gone down the route of reading all the Vault of Horror, all the Tales from the Crypt and stuff. And um, this week I went to my shop, and or last week rather, and on the shelf from EC Comics and Super Genius, I saw Tales from the Crypt number two, okay, with new stories. They even had older stories that they brought back, um, and it, it was crazy. Uh, um, it, the thing is, is that the book was really well put together. The art was very inconsistent, but the first story just blew my pants off for the comic and it was called Picture uh, Perfect and it was about a girl who was teasing another girl who's a little bit bigger in the locker room. It was like a cyberbully kind of story and uh, she takes a picture of her butt in the locker room and then posts it on the internet anonymously and then the girl comes up and is like you did this and tried to take it, her to the principal about it and her principal was like well do you have any proof that she was the one that posted it and she was like I know she was check her phone and they check her phone and she deleted the picture so they're like well there's no evidence I can't prove it we can't do anything about it and then like art galleries pick it up and start putting her butt all over things and like it just blows extremely out of proportion and super viral and the girl goes up to the other girl and is like I'm going to tell you a secret I was the one that did it, but you can't prove it. And then she walks away from her. And it shows her, like, kind of grown up, and she's living this, like, lavish lifestyle. And um, 
she's like you know drinking a lot and stuff and on her way home she pulls a i know what you did last summer and hits some dude and buries or like throws him into a pond basically and then um goes back and (laughs) she goes back to like i guess school or whatever because i guess they're in college and on the walls and everything is a picture of her dumping the body into the pond and she goes and confronts the other girl and she's like how did this happen and she's like i don't know i don't know what's happening and the pictures start popping up everywhere and it says it's from an anonymous person and then she ends up going to jail so it, it was it really blew my pants off just because the art in general was like i don't know how to describe it it was so good i mean i showed y'all a picture i think of uh the girl anyway the blonde girl do y'all remember what i was talking about she was drinking yeah yeah i don't know the art in that that was like the peak of the art in the book the next one we sh- i showed y'all the other picture from that and it was a lot different but i mean it was just it's one of those stories i mean it's all different people throughout the whole thing even the last story was really 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 good and so i really suggest like highly highly suggest y'all at least check it out i mean i may not sound convincing super super convincing but like once you read it you're just like okay this feels like old tales from the crypt again so yeah. No, they, it was Maybe. drawn like the old way. Like, I mean, meaning the Crypt Keeper, the Witch, etc. They were drawn like the classic yeah. Crypt Keeper, yep. the classic Witch. Then they it wasn't the same art. Yeah. There was no changes. That's cool. cool. I like they that. They even introduced them and everything the same way too, where they just like pop up and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, now that you got done listening to that lame Crypt Keeper, you know, it's the Witch here to show you what's in my cauldron." That's awesome. It's like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, it was really too bad really, the really Crypt cool. Keeper's the cool one. <laughs> ah, I like the Vault Keeper. I really do like the, the Vault Keeper. Vault Keeper's alright, but it's all about the Crypt Keeper, thanks to HBO. <laughs> My childhood in HBO. You like the, the skeleton Crypt Keeper, not the, the human no, Crypt no, Keeper. No, 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 no. I like the HBO Crypt Keeper, which I yeah. know is not part of the comics. I know, I know. But that's what I grew up with as a kid, was watching that on HBO. Yeah. Hello. We got to get Red Skull Boys reading horror comics. Hey, he's coming to the dark side. He's already reading Matt Kent and Valiant, so it's it's a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, I'm, I'm 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 instead of just going off the top of my pile, I'm kind of actually digging <laughs> in the middle these days. Oh, I, I like, thought he was gonna say the <laughs> bottom, and I was gonna say, oh, ow. No, 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 no. I, I haven't did the bottom. I'm just going in the middle randomly. Still okay. in the pile. Yeah, still in the pile. So, you know. <laughs> Even at the bottom, it's still in the pile. It's still made the cut. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. so I guess we're gonna I'm gonna crack open this beer and we're gonna get into Marvel a little bit because uh, I know Nova you've read a little Marvel for once sure, yeah. and then for Red once. read a little Marvel yeah, I read some Marvel this week okay I don't know if Tap's nope. read any Marvel so. <laughs> <laughs> nope. not okay. even well, uh, a certain uh, unworthy uh, oh I take that back I read unworthy Thor number five okay well let's we start with have. unworthy yeah let's start with unworthy first and then we'll move into some of the other titles because this is probably the biggest news we've been waiting for for mm-hmm. a long 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 time how many no, years now has it been three 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 yeah. years original sin what did nick fury say to thor i just have a quick question before we get into the details which one of you have i know i think tap you've read god of thunder right did red mm-hmm. and rusty did you guys read that no, that I series by jason aaron started never finished Oh, oh okay. lordy. So Rusty was probably like scratching his head like, what the hell are we talking about here? <laughs> I had to this look is it what up. I waited I had to go for? Look it out. 
Well, and Aaron did say in an interview too that if you, that the, the secret was going to date all the way back to um, God of Thunder, so he said that there was hints yeah. along the way. Yeah, but I mean, I guess we're technically a, a week and a half out from it now, so we can Whatever. just say it, right? Yep, yeah, of course. No one's gonna be mad at us, right? No, Dude, it's gotta spoiler be alert! Right? Spoiler alert! Yeah. Gore was right, man. Uh, Gore was there. right. Gore was right. Yes, he was. He is uh, right. So, you know, out of all that, we got three words in three years, and I feel like that's something that he should have announced like a month later, or like two months later. But that wasn't something that I feel like even looking up the stuff on it, how it would be three years worthy. You know, what it's I mean? just it's weird for me because I, I thought after the whole Gore thing, Thor sort of felt that way anyway. Like he sort of knew Gore was right in some way that the that gods don't really deserve all the worship they get, all that stuff. Like it, it sort of seemed that way after he had dealt with Gore in the first twelve issues of the God of Thunder. But sure, I mean, if I guess Nick Fury knowing about it maybe the perversion of that and just how damn smart Nick Fury is like that dude is everywhere he knows everything that's what impressed me that's what impressed me the most was like this dude really is a man on the wall like he knew all of that was happening it's crazy Nick Fury's the man (laughs) that's the coolest part about the whole thing yeah but you know with three years you're right at three years and this is what you get it's, it's kind of for me it's like was it worth the wait? Down. But then again, on the other hand, you know what? It didn't. Uh, it didn't do the. Thing. It didn't mess anything yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, it didn't mess. Yeah, exactly. It didn't mess anything up, and it didn't uh, play on any of the Hydra stuff or the life model decoys or any of that kind of things that we were thinking yep. about. It took it into an, an arc that you didn't really, nobody probably even really thought of. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, this all makes sense. Cool. But for three years to wait, still, uh, I think it was just there to sell books. So my issue with it is, is that I read it. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. And like you said, three years is that a lot? I think if it would have been three months, and then we found out, nobody'd be freaking out. I think it's because of the fact that we waited three years that's causing everybody to f- complain about it. Um, but I did hear some other people talking, and they said, "How is Fury just telling him, oh, Gore was right? All of a sudden." going to make Thor unworthy. Wouldn't he have been unworthy from the get-go if that were the case? Like, yeah. what was it that, that's like... What, that's what I meant. Yeah, I uh, don't... Like he knew He knew Gore was right. He knew it after that the first arc in God of Thunder. Yes, he, he just it. knew the affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think he was just... He felt so demasculated and so less epic. He's like, Nick Fury knew about Gore? How? <laughs> he, I'm not worthy. He is. I think that's what it was. All like, right. I like, like, just, I, like, I like Nova's theory there. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Like, wow, what... Fury? Damn, you're worthy, man. You take this hammer. All right. Nova <laughs> just made the three years worth it. Right, right there in that <laughs> sentence. It's really a Nick Fury story. It's what Jason Aaron's yeah. been doing with Thor. That's what it's really all about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, to me, even as it was cool to finally get those three words out, I think I yeah. liked even more the fact towards the end. Thor was like, you know, I'm not even going to try. You know, I'm not even going to bother with it. Yeah, just be the ultimate Thor. He's going to start drinking again. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just causing trouble. He's going to be metal. It's great. He's um, definitely going to be ultimate Thor. Now, before we get into other things, I just wanted to ask. One of the books I read, highly recommend you guys read, Iron Fist number one. Yes. Did you guys read that? Yes, I read it this week. I, I loved it. I did not. not. Great. 
great. Actually, that great. is one I would actually consider putting on a pull list. It was, I enjoyed yeah. it that much. No it was a really joke. Good issue. That's a lie. Seriously. I don't believe you. Seriously. Dude, it was good. It was like, it. the art reminded me so much of an Ed Brubaker book. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was yeah. just great. It was awesome Iron Fist stuff, especially compared to the show. Like, yeah. it was just amazing. It basically him going around saying like he needs to test himself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first issue. Mike Perkins is the artist. Great stuff. I really liked it. His yeah, fighting scenes was, were awesome. Art was amazing. It really was, uh, and it wasn't oversaturated with dialogue either. You know, yeah, that's good. Is it yeah, it was a nice. Uh, action-packed issue it was it really was and it, at the end of it you just i really i was like man i want more i'm ready to binge read this stuff yeah yeah if you guys if you guys have time check it out when you can mm-hmm. it's cool definitely definitely very cool so now nova i told you or i <laughs> asked you rather mm-hmm. to read uncanny adventures the newest one i think it's like mm-hmm. issue 20 yeah 20 is that it yeah, i think 20. 21 maybe even i don't know either way the one with cable one and with the uh, yeah, the weird, yeah, the weird cover with by Adam Kubert. <laughs> Very misleading cover. Yeah. Absolutely misleading. Cover. Comics don't yeah. do that. It was a super misleading cover. Like, just, like if you read it, read you would just be like, why is why is Cable even on the cover? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was in the, co- the issue for like maybe it, two panels. It's and he laid on the ground the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's on the cover just done. to sell issues. But I don't know. It ended, I guess, the current arc with Red Skull for like what he has been doing, and um, yeah. Rogue's got him now. So the end of the issue led off with uh, like I don't know. It let, that's the part that hooked me. Nova was the end of the issue. Whenever they have him and they captured Red Skull, basically. Yeah. Well, I guess we can say what happened. They just took him because it's on the cover of the next issue I'm sure people have seen the cover yeah. she took him to Beast and they're basically going to lobotomize and just take his brain out no, Charles Xavier's brain out it's basically what's yeah. going to happen so, uh, Red Skull we're going to see what's going to happen to him yeah, yeah but uh, it's just weird now, I'm not up to date 100% on uh, Captain America but it's just weird Like the, uh, I, my theory of this guy being like they're going to find out he's a, an LMD or something as soon as they go and like open his his head up because it's just it's such a weird characterization of red skull it is and i did like it, it's just, yeah i don't know i think it's an lmd that's my theory i i wouldn't be surprised, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either you know? yeah I mean, they're, they're being um, lmd uh saturated with everything these days yeah the magneto helmet thing was kind of cool i did like that that was uh that was fun rogue looks was, it looks okay. good on rogue it does look good she on She should Rogue. keep him in. Wow. In the middle of the story, read, uh, Deadpool is getting annihilated by a brain-controlled uh, rogue by Red, Red Skull's controlling her, like, making her beat the shit out of Wade. Oh, <laughs> beat the hell out of Wade. And um, randomly, Wade's like, I went and visited the X-Men before I came, but they weren't there. But they sure do like to hold on to old collectibles. And all of a sudden, he reaches into a bag and pulls out Magneto's helmet and just shoves it on her head as he's like about to like pass out. And then all of a sudden, Red Skull can't control her brain because Magneto's helmet. Yeah, you can't. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
and then all of a sudden she just like snaps out of it and turns around and red skull and sinner like oh no run run and they just start running out the door and like rogue just like blows through a wall and like picks up red skull by his throat and just like slams him on the ground and starts choking him out until he's unconscious and then she runs off with him so cool yeah yeah <laughs> old red skull got his uh, butt yeah Red Skull got his butt beat by a Magneto helmet wearing a rogue. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. Did you like uh, that panel with uh, Brother Voodoo and uh, Deadpool, though? Don't is. tell anyone. Don't ever tell anyone I gave you a piggyback ride. <laughs> no. Um, I got to ask. I think, Red, you probably read this book this week. But, Rusty, I guess, Tap, I know you haven't, Rusty. Have you been reading the Darth Maul series? I, I picked it up. Oh, no, I have no, it. I have. I, I got. got oh the, I got the God. issue itself. It's really yes, good. It's I hear that. It's really, so really, really, really good. good Colin Bond writing. It's amazing, and the artwork is just fantastic. I think the, the Star covers War- are killer, man. The Star Wars books are pretty damn good. Like, Rusty. if there's any Marvel you're gonna read, I just started reading the Darth Vader book. Yeah. Oh, Darth Vader down. Yeah. Um, but Rusty, you're talking about the cover. There is something like twelve different covers to that number one already, and one of them is going for like two hundred bucks. That's crazy. Nobody. Yeah, the covers for that are just—they're just went to town on them. But uh, I think that's just a five-issue uh, mini, isn't it? Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Because that's what they've been doing. They've been doing five-issue minis uh, for the people, uh, except for C-3PO, which was a one-issue, but Leia, uh, Lando... How does Poe Dameron have, like, 17 issues now? But they're not going to do... <laughs> they're not going to continue Darth Maul. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. But, yeah, I picked it up. Because everything you know, Star Wars is in my pull box automatically. They know. Boom. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to say, next thing you know, it's going to be like, Qui-Gon Jinn. Well, they're, they're like... They're going to start doing every oh, character they already now. Did yeah. Mace Windu. They did, like, Obi-Wan and, and Qui-Gon. Mm. I think there was a oh. mini for those two. Yeah, the, yeah, well, yeah. Or maybe it was Obi-Wan and those were just flashbacks with Qui-Gon. It was there. Obi-Wan. Yeah, that's it. Obi-Wan yeah, but they're, and Anakin, yeah. They're, they're I'm just waiting for that Boba like, Fett, man. Oh, yeah. They got to do that. I just, oof, they better hurry up and do it. Um, I will... I will re- Look at... Tap is over here like... Uh, <laughs> Really but I, I, the Star Wars series, the one thing that I love is their action figure variant covers. Oh yeah, have you guys seen, seen those? those all over the place. I've those, seen them on the internet. Yeah, yeah those are sweet. I, I'm still missing like two of them, but uh, man, are I they love like them. black series uh, or what? Like you know how they had the black series toys? No, they, these are basic like... based off of the '77 uh, mm. uh, toy line. That's cool. Yeah, it is. That's super cool. So. One of the other things that I read this week, which ended, wrapped up, I'm surprised. I don't know, Tap, I feel like you should go back and read it. It, it ended really, really well. But um, Extraordinary X-Men, the last issue finally happened. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they kind of t- like wrapped up everything. You know, They sent all the X-Men refugees or all the mutants back to their homes and they are wrapped up shop at limbo basically and they're like oh well this is a fresh new start to the x-men and we're shutting closing a dark chapter now and so it's talking about going into x-men prime and everything and it finally wrapped up and it, it was really cool because it had one of those classic endings where they got all the kids out of there and they're sitting there like you know it old man logan gene uh aurora colossus 
all of them, you know, magic, all of them are sitting there. And they're like, well, what do we do? And they're like, oh, well, I think I have an idea. And they set up a baseball game and they're playing baseball in limbo. And that's how they ended the whole series. It was really cool. Just because it felt like one of those, it felt like, you know, the end of um, Executioner's Song. Like whenever Jubilee's helping uh, Charles Xavier roller skate while he can walk yes, or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. It, it kind of felt, it felt like one of those endings x-men i was like man they really kind of captured the end of this like an old x-men story and it was it was cool man the one thing i will give it is that you showed us um a picture of the book and i will say that the art um and that issue that i saw looked 10 times better than anything else that i had read Mm -hmm. previously when i was reading it Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's it keeps i don't know what it is with the x-men books they start out bad art and then they just gradually get better Maybe it's people trying to like falling into place, and a few times it's different right or different artists and stuff. Like I know with uh, Inhumans versus X Men, we got totally different artists at the end. Same thing with Extraordinary X Men, we got a different artist at the end. Well, the first then, issue uh, was Humberto Ramos. <laughs> yeah, and, and I used to love. That's when we got Melty Face. <laughs> I used to love his art. Like I don't know if he was just pumping stuff out too quickly or what, but. I was not a fan of his X-Men work. Now, another issue, though, that I read X-Men-wise was Uncanny that came out this week. Uncanny X-Men. And that was the final issue for that, too. Um, You know, Colin Bunn. And at the end of it was, like, this giant... It was basically a giant fighting issue between, like, through the eyes of Psylocke. And so she goes back and she's like, okay, I made a promise to Magneto that if I felt he was going too far, that I would kill him. And so she goes to the war room in Savage Land and is, like, hunting him down, but he's waiting for him, and he, like, blows up the war room. And then they, like, fight through the jungle, and they have this big talk. It's like, I don't think, like, Magneto's like, I don't think you can kill me. Like, I know you came here to do it, but I don't think that you have it in you or whatever. And she, like, pulls out her katana, and he's like, you fool. Why would you do this with a blade, you know? It's like, I, and he just breaks it into pieces. And then she, like, pulls out the psychic blade and just stabs Magneto and kills him. Yeah. Spoiler. She stabbed him. My bad. <laughs> but spoiler right there. She killed freaking Magneto and then left him there. She pulled off his helmet, did some psychic something to his brain, then threw the helmet and was just like, all right, I'm done now. I'm going to go on. And she left. And uh, we know she's going to be an astonishing X-Men. She's going to come back. But at the very end of the issue... And it was weird, but Exodus and Elixir pop up and bring Magneto back to life. And Of course Elixir, they do. Yeah. And Elixir's just like, okay, I finally paid back my debt to you. If you ever call me again, I'm not going to help you. I've paid it off. I'm done. And then uh, Exodus is like, you should come with me. And Magneto's like, no, I can't. There's so much more to do. And so all the X-Men think he's dead right now because they even mex- mentioned it in Extraordinary that he wandered off and they didn't know where he went. But he's, they all think he's dead right now, and they think he's a bad guy. But he wants to help the X-Men in some way. But I think he's going to double-cross. I think like he's going to turn bad again. I think it's going to happen here soon, and I think that was the setup for it. Hmm. We'll, we'll see. But you know what? That'd be kind of cool, though, because we're doing this whole rebirth, re- resurrection thing of X-Men, and how appropriate would it be to have Magneto be the first villain again, you know? Well, he was just resurrected. <laughs> yeah. 
hey, that's a good idea. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the key, right? It's not actually Charles that we're worried about. We're going to have a... That's even a more of a twist. What? Because he's leading the blue team. What if Magneto turns the original X-Men into bad guys? They become the new Brotherhood of Mutants. Be weird. That would be, be really weird. weird. Keep us posted. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah keep us posted because we won't be reading. <laughs> we ain't gonna read it. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta at least try X Men Prime whenever it comes out. I think it's like a next week or the following week. My issue with all the X Men books is that I feel like you almost have to read them all in order to understand what the hell's going on in the books. Because, and that's the one thing that I I despise about comics is. I don't want to have to read, you know, 80 different issues that same month just to find out what's going on in one book that I wanted to read. You know what? Does that make sense? Did I explain that right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's not comics, Tap. It's Marvel and some DC. Yeah, that's why you got to read Valiant, man. Like, they put out five books a month. That's it. You don't even have to read them all. But if you do, that's it. It's five books a month and you've got the entire universe. You know, versus 102. Marvel put out 102 books in February. But I feel Insane. You, yeah, I feel How you, many did uh, DC put out? And they're putting out twice monthly on top. And that's 84. twice monthly for some of those titles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 84. Oh, Lord. And Marvel's doing 102. It's incredible. I was shocked. Well, it's all about numbers. I don't know about yeah. killing it. <laughs> they're not in like the top They're killing 10. it on the little kid scene. Maybe killing the market, but... Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, that's why their market share is larger. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> They're putting yeah, out triple yeah, digits yeah. of books at $4 a pop. Yep. And they all cross over with each other, so you have to pick them all up to be able to understand what's going on. And that's why I like oh. Moon Knight, because with Moon Knight, you didn't have to do that. Which that's is why cool. It was a standalone book, which is why I really, really dug Moon Knight. Iron yeah. Fist, man. I like, their, Fist. I like their boutique books, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah, you need to try Venom, man. I mean, that doesn't associate with anything right now. I did not uh, like that art. artwork. Is that is that <laughs> the art we're gonna get in that book? I'm gonna pass. Dude, I am so. Oh, I know, but Eddie you're. Uh, I'm, oh dude, I'm gosh. happy for you, and I'm happy that Eddie Brock's coming back as Venom. However, because Eddie Brock is my Venom too, but that art was just so not Wrong. good. <laughs> 1993, man. It was. <laughs> Which is like I the would worst rather period s- in a comic art. I would rather see Liefeld's original art for that drawing rather than. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you see some of the comments. Because Liefeld, you can forgive <laughs> because that's just how he is. Another person is like, you're copying Liefeld? Really? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. What's we'll weird. see. What's weird? You got it. Yeah. It's cool. We'll see what go happens. Ahead. Oh, we'll see no, what go happens. Ahead, no. I was just going to say, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not a big Eddie Brock guy, so I guess I don't have much to say. But, hey, man, Rusty, if you're excited, I'm glad. I prefer backgrounds in my artwork as well. I'm sure <laughs> <does>. so, <laughs> you know, that's something I've been I'm noticing a lot, too, and it kind of annoys me. Like, if I'll, again, you read a book like Exo Man War number one, and then you go to Venom, and it's like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> How are they charging the same uh, amount? It's like you're looking at a fine painting, and then you go look at a kindergartner's work. It's just, yeah. It's not for me. It's not for me. So I let the market decide, and I don't buy that stuff. Mm. We'll live bi- vicariously through you. 
through you yeah as always man like you mentioned it today in in our group chat that you're sort of on marvel island just sort of floating on your own sometimes red and i will pop in for a visit mm-hmm. have a beer and then leave you to it <laughs> and yeah. You, yeah every once in a while you grab a speakerphone and let us all know what's going on and so i'd rather hard. watch your reaction Fist, anyway i'll be visiting more often Yes. That is for All sure. right, I'll check out Once Iron Fist. Oh. I tried reading the Immortal Iron Fist before the show came out because I was like, well, I know like the basic gist of Iron Fist, but I don't know a whole lot about the character. So I read that. Is it Matt Fraction and or Brubaker? Yeah, what is it? I think yeah, Brubaker. Yeah, yeah. Brubaker and Fraction doing that. Yeah, one. I read probably the first seven or eight issues, and I was not really a fan. I kind of like I quit, kind of quit reading it. I'm like, eh. It's not really my thing, but uh, I'll try well, this new one. We'll see. So yeah, try it. Well, you know, I went into your world tap finally but about and damn I read time. the first six issues of Lock and Key. Welcome to Lovecraft. It's about time, uh, dude. You know, uh, the first two issues, I it was kind of slow, and then after the second issue, I really hated Sam. So, You've only got uh, like thirty-seven more issues to go. I know, man, and I'm I'm gonna start reading it again. Uh, like I said, I read that first Sandman. I think I'm gonna take a break before the second Sandman issue, and I'm gonna read another arc of Lock and Key before I go back into it. Yeah. So again, look at Lock and Key, man. Gabriel Rodriguez, yes, incredible. Oh, that Joe dude Hill, is amazing. The art, amount of detail in that artwork. His faces are kind of cartoony, but the backgrounds and the keys. Oh the my keys God. look great. That is one uh, thing that I was could... amazed with is how unique each individual key in there was and how much detail went into it. Because it'd be funny, you'd get like this full page and like you said, the faces weren't very detailed and there wasn't many features to it. But then they'd show like this whole like collage of keys and it looks like each one probably took an hour to draw. Yeah, and there's and like, like a oh book a bookshelf where you could read like what every book is on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Like, it's insane. The amount of backgrounds and detail. Well and at the end of one of the books maybe it's at the end of all of them but at the end of one of them um there's uh like an interview with joe hill and uh gabriel rodriguez and they kind of talk about how uh they they the lovecraft is sort of a kind of a real place like they drew from real landscapes like real landmarks and whatnot and so they would take photographs and uh gabriel rodriguez would basically draw the photograph and it's insane. Yeah. And like, there's in the back of the book, they'll compare the photograph to what was actually drawn, and it is absolutely incredible what he does. Okay, so one of the panels that I still have it popped out in my head right now, like I, I'm just gonna forever remember this panel for it, is um, when the girl is in the well or whatever, or the demon, whatever right. you a ghost, whatever you want to call it. Uh, when it's in the well it's like it shows like her face as the girl or whatever and then she looks in the mirror or whatever or the water or something like that and it shows the skeleton or whatever and it's just like grotesque oh, and right, like right, deformed yeah. or whatever and that panel of this like the the half of her face that's like a skull is just so cool it's so detailed and i'm just like this is what i want yeah. i want scary creepy stuff like this it gets there so man. yeah Joe Hill does a good job because he has a lot of part moments in there where you're just like terrified for the characters and you're like, there's no way this is going to end well. And just like, you know, like with Sam, it's just like, this is just so messed up. And then he'll have 
creepy and eerie actual creatures and monsters as well so he does a good job of doing both kinds of horrors like the you know big monster in your face and the whole like psychological thing of this guy sam just being so messed in the head oh just wait dude it gets even better oh yeah it gets if you're if your whole thing is about sam sir just wait (laughs) just you haven't seen nothing yet Nah, like the whole time I was reading, I was just like, "This guy sucks!" Oh my gosh, someone shoot him, please! Get rid of him, just go. I don't want to see him just, anymore. But I guess the longer he sticks around, the better. I'm gonna, the more I'm gonna want to read it. You know what I mean? Yeah, keep reading the book. Like I said, you ain't seen nothing yet. Joe Hill is amazing. Um, I will say, Lock and Key was uh, one of the first books. I think probably the first series I'd ever read by Joe Hill. Um, and I read it based off a recommendation from the line groups and, uh, I, I binge read all the issues in like a weekend. I couldn't stop reading it. It was, it just blew my mind. And it's one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, and I'm actually excited because I'll have the master editions and then I can reread them and the nice oversized hard covers and I'm, yeah, but, uh, yeah, you haven't seen nothing yet, man. It gets so much better. That's cool. That's good. Binge it. Just trust me. Just binge it. Binge it like you did all those, uh, all those Tales from the Crypt. Crossed. Yeah, that too. Yeah, just crossed and Tales from the Crossed. I don't know. I just, I read that so much of that so fast. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I'm, and I think that's probably what's going to end up happening with Lock and Key after I get through the second. Just one. do it. Trust me. You won't regret Amen. it. Very cool. If you get done with it and you say I hated that book, I will. I don't know what I'll do. I'll pay you twenty bucks or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Wow. But like that's how. That's all. That's you I will. We it. will raffle. Well, I don't want. I don't want him to say that he hated it on purpose just to get money when he really loved it. You got. You can't like give him like too much. You know. I'm it's, not that kind of guy. Come on. But man. no, it's it's incredible. Um. I know Nova loves it. Whether or not it's one of his favorites, I don't know. I hated it, dude. Um, hated it. Yeah. My PayPal account is... Uh, an, <laughs> not giving that out here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's one of his favorites like it is mine, but it's it's incredible, man. It's there. Everybody, I've never met someone that has read it and said I did not like it. I don't think I've ever seen you anybody say that. You need to try Tales from the Dark Side. That's Joe Hill also. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, I'm more than happy to. I just got so much other stuff on my plate right now. It's kind of ridiculous, but... It's four um, issues. If you can make time for the four issues, that's... Oh, yeah, I can do that. It's fun. Nova, I think you read Tales from the Dark Side with me. Yeah, I read a couple issues. I don't think I read all four. The fourth one was really hard. To, I mean, the third one was really hard to find for some reason. Hmm. It took me a few tries before I actually found a shop with it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I will check it out. Very dope. Very dope. So, Red, do you have anything else? I just, my favorite of the week. I still haven't. <laughs> um, it's fortunate enough it's from name. Tap to get Max Comics oh, uh, yeah. Fury. My war gone by. Tap, I gotta say thank you. That's I right. love this love this very welcome sir this was just amazing you know you know i love nick fear i love war comics and this was just an amazing story uh just i don't even know where to begin with it you know garth enos was an amazing writer and he really encaptured really the true essence of what nick fury is and if you if you think you know 
why his personality is the way it is today. After reading this, you get a really good understanding and grasp of why he is. Because um, you can tell some, a lot of time, love, and research went into writing this. And the story basically, it breaks up into him being in Indochina, in Cuba, in Vietnam, in... Uh, uh, where else was it? Um, Cambodia. You know, and basically every place he goes, he fights a losing battle. He pretty much gets sent out there to fail, and he doesn't exactly fail, but he doesn't exactly win either. You know, and the the first page itself, you know, I'm Nick Fury. I've had a bullet in my head since I was since 1940 something, and I eat war like it was like I lick up war like it was sugar. And you know, he just goes into all the story about you know his trials and tribulations that he's gone through, and it really gives you an understanding of why he is the way he is today. Um, the love, the loss, the wars, everything that he's gone through, the politics. Do they talk uh, so about why stuff. he doesn't age? Uh, no, that didn't. <laughs> basically, the first panel, like I said, he says, yeah, I was I have a bull in my head since the 1940s and I don't age. And that They just left it at that. that. I love Garth Ennis. I'm <laughs> yeah. just going to leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just stuff like that. I Deal mean, with it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we even had... Um, Oh, uh, um, Frank, uh, Frank Castle in it. Castle? Yes. Uh, That's cool. It was. I always love to see Nick Fury and Frank. Yeah, together. they were, they teamed up uh, in Vietnam. And Oh, uh, you want to read, okay, you want to read a really, really good Vietnam book. I know Nova's been pushing the, the Mother Russia oh, arc of like Punisher. I record sometimes. Go, That's just, true, there is, there is. Punisher yeah. born. Go read Punisher Born if you want to read an amazing war comic, like a Vietnam War comic. I like all. Go read. Go read Punisher Born. It's six issues. Is that five issues? Six issues? Nothing. Yeah, it's only five or six issues. It's amazing. Um, Punisher Born is oh so incredibly good. It's part of the Punisher Max series as well. So if you like the Max series, then yeah, and I do it. This this series was just. Unbelievable! This issue, I should say. Uh, and didn't Garth Ennis anybody. write that too? Punisher that? Born. Oh, Max What's Punisher. That? Well, didn't Garth I, Ennis I, I, write it? Yeah, yeah, Punisher Born. Yeah, yeah, it's him. It's yeah. and Derek Robertson did the art, so you know the art's oh, off the hook. Hey. Yeah. Shout out. So yeah, if you like Garth Ennis, that you need to check out the Punisher. Man, I know, like I said, Nova keeps pushing the Russia one, which is also really good. Um, but Punisher Born will get you hooked. Like, and that's yeah. if you read them in order, technically, I guess, kind of Punisher Born is the first one you're going to read anyway, but yeah, it's true. Oh my god, it's so good! But yeah, that was my pick of the week. That is one. If anybody wants to read anything great for Nick Fury, My War Gone By, excellent read. Do it, yes. I will throw out there real quick since this is going to be airing on Saturday, it's safe to say. Um, this week, since it is a five Wednesday month. DC Comics, instead of doing annuals, because they just did annuals not that long ago, uh, this this week they're actually dropping a bunch of the Hanna-Barbera DC team-ups. So Ooh, I saw so yeah. these. I want to read the Green Space Lantern Ghost. Space yes, Ghost. Yes, I one. read that. Oh I have gosh. read that one. Um, it was good. I I don't think it was quite what I was hoping for. I think I was it was a little more serious. I think than what I was expecting. Ah. I think I was expecting a little more comedy to it, um, but it was a more serious tone. But it was still good. The art was awesome. 
Um, well, what do you think about the comedy? Did they have comedy in the Fred? I haven't Flintstone, read that one yet. Uh, I'm going to read it probably tonight. But yeah, the Flintstone Booster Gold. Yes. Yeah, that sounds. Funny. Nova, have you read that one yet? No. I'm actually shocked that Nova has not read Flintstones I and Booster Gold. It. But yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, I will soon. So yeah, since who's with Johnny Quest? I forgot. Um, who was let's see, it's Suicide Squad and the Banana Splits. <laughs> <laughs> That's so random. Yeah, that one's super <laughs> random. I might read that one just to see how the hell that works. Um, I used to love the Banana Splits. Uh, so let's see, who else was there? There was, God, who was it? It was Johnny Quest or Future Quest. It's something like a Adam fly. Strange. Is that what it was? Yeah. That one kind of makes that one kind of makes sense. I could see that one, I guess. I don't know. Booster Gold and the Flintstones, though. That one has got to be comedic gold. It has to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Space Ghost and Green Lantern was good. It was just a more serious tone than what I was expecting. I, I was expecting more like Space Ghost Coast to Coast meets Green Lantern, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's very much more like the serious tone of Space Ghost meets Green Lantern. Mm. But it's I like it, it's Hal Jordan Green Lantern though, Rusty. So maybe you should uh, so. check it out. And the art was really cool. The art's almost like it almost looks like a painting. Um, it was really really cool. So go pick those up if you haven't, because they are out and ready for you to read. Yeah. And speaking of pickups, I have to throw this out there. As we know, you know, Image doing their 25th anniversary every month. Been doing something special. February we got 25 cent issues. In March we got 15 tribute variants, which were pretty damn amazing. For the month of April we're getting 11 April Fools variants, uh, and they are they look really fantastic. For instance, like Gertrude from I Hate Fairyland on the cover of uh, Southern Bastards. Oh, I did yeah. see that. That's cool. Yes. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Yeah. I thought it was like a fan <laughs> mock-up or something. No, no. We're going to have 11 April Fool variant covers from Image for the month of April. That's cool. Yes. Are we going to get a Spawn one? That's uh, all I care about. Spawn, I'm looking at the, Yes, yeah, Spawn comes out on the 12th of April. Dope. This is yep. the set right. with, like, Gwynvincible and stuff, right? Yes. Uh, the list, <laughs> the 12 titles will be Rock Candy Mountain, Son of the Devil, Spawn, Black Science, Curse Words, East of West, The Fix, I Hate Fairyland, Invincible, Plastic, and Savage Dragon. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's give a call to a very special guest. I believe is it this week or next week, guys, that we're talking to uh, Jim Lee and Stanley at the same time. I think so. I think one of the Lee, Jay Lee, Jay Lee might join us too. I heard that. Well, you know oh, what? Maybe right. we just have our listeners just keep tuning in to find out when those dynamic duels be coming on. Alright everybody, it is that time of the podcast where we have your interviews. Now with us today, very special guest, none other than Mr. Dan Schoening, uh, artist of IDW's Ghostbusters, Back to the Futures, done some work with Ninja Turtles, etc. Dan, welcome to the show. 
Thanks very much for having me. I'm excited to be here, and uh, I look forward to uh, talking Ghostbusters with you guys. Should be fun. yes, yes. I'm 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 very very excited. Um, so tell us a little bit about like what your history, your background. What got you started in comics? Well, it actually goes back to um, I guess I don't know. Let's just go back to animation school. I started off as an animator, and I did quite a bit of storyboard work. I worked on. A show called Ed, Ed, Ed and Eddie. Ed, yes, that's right. Which was uh, on the Cartoon Network. Lots of fun to draw. Very challenging, believe it or not, to get them on model all the time. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun to do. And uh, after I worked on that show, I just kind of fell into doing comic book work, actually. And I was working at another studio at the time where I started to dip my toes into the comic books and uh, decided to leave that job and then just focus solely on comic book work. And uh, I've been doing that for the past, I guess, seven seven years or so, which awesome. is fantastic. Yeah. So did you start doing the storyboard work with Ed, Ed, and Eddie, like, right out of college? Or is that something that, you know, like, how did you get started in that, you know, realm of it? Uh, well, actually, I yeah, it was after I finished animation school. I went to Van Arts, which is an animation school in Vancouver, B.C. And, uh, yeah, like, pretty much... Maybe like three months after I was finished, I got work on that on the uh, I believe it was the fourth season of the show. So, um, but yeah, no, it was uh, an amazing experience, and uh, I learned a lot about working in the studio environment. So very cool. So yeah. I had seen online that Dragon's Lair is what got you kind of interested in animation. Um, oh yeah. So, what is it about that game that kind of sucked you into the world of of wanting to do animation for a living? I think it really it's the the quality of the animation, the design work. Um, I was always a big fan of the Disney animated films beforehand, mm-hmm. and it being that uh, Don Bluth and uh, Gary Goldman, John Pomeroy all worked at Disney before they did this game. You know, I was kind of familiar. At that age, I didn't know exactly who they were until I was older. But, uh, yeah, as I got uh, playing that game, I remember it ate, like, a ton of my quarters, that thing. It was relentless for stealing your money. <laughs> yes, yeah. But, um, yeah, but it just the quality is its just a beautiful-looking game. Uh, it, it's challenging. It's a lot of just memorizing patterns. But, um, yeah, no, I just fell in love with the look of it. It's a really beautiful-looking game. So. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it definitely is, and we actually have that arcade um, at my work. Uh, we have like a, like wow. one of those like well, it's kind of like one of those ones that have like a hundred different games in it, but Dragon's Lair is one of them that you can play. Yeah, and Dragon's Lair two. Oh, very cool! That's yeah. awesome that you have it on in a um, a cabinet though. It's so much yes. more fun to play in a cabinet than it it's on, like a TV yes, or yes. a video game console. So. Cabinets are way more fun. Yeah, I remember in school riding my bicycle down to the bowling alley, pumping a, a you know a whole roll of quarters into it, and in the end, it's like it's not enough. <laughs> yeah, no, you you need at least like twenty bucks back in the day. Yeah, which is would be a like hundred dollars now. <laughs> yeah. So. Awesome. So going forward here with the comic book work, um, obviously you've done a lot of work uh, on Ghostbusters um, primarily. So were you a big fan of the Ghostbusters movies and then like the Back to the Future movies growing up? Oh yeah, big time. Uh, Back to the Future is my favorite film. Uh, But I kind of, you know, it's kind of like 
Sophie's Choice. <laughs> it's hard to pick one. I, I like both of them a lot. We'll just say that. But, um, yeah, and I was first introduced to Ghostbusters. Uh, my mom took me to go see it in the theater. Oh, she didn't really cool. know what age level it was for. And we kind of yeah. showed up halfway. Or we showed up at the part when they're in the library right before they kind of get her. You know, that scene yeah. with Ray yep. and the, the other two guys. And, uh, yeah, that was my first, like, within minutes of me sitting down, the librarian ghost turned into that, like, horrific beast. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I was pretty scared at that point, but I stuck around, and I was pretty intrigued, and I just loved the the characters. A lot of the jokes at that age went over my head. Yep. I didn't really understand them until I was an adult, which adds so much of an extra layer to that film. Yeah, which is <laughs> like, oh, I get that now. Yeah, the flowers work, right? The roses, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was... Uh, if it wasn't for my mom taking to me to that film, I don't know if I would be doing what I'm doing now. So I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And, uh, yeah, it's just been a real pleasure to work on it, very humbling. So honored to be a part of it. Awesome. So which was your favorite Ghostbusters, one or two? Oh, it's got to be one, but yes. I think two is horribly underrated, and it has some really good uh, comedic material. I think it, there just may have been too many cooks in the kitchen with the uh, in the executive standpoint. I and I can't say that. that for sure. I don't know exactly what it was, but uh, I think with a re-edit, it might have been might have been a bit of a different film. So, at least hearing from uh, interviews with Bill Murray, he's mentioned that. Yeah. looked a little bit different than what he had imagined. So, have you seen, now, have you seen the uh, yep. latest one? Yep, the latest uh, the answers the call. Or the newer with the the female ghost. Yeah, the newer one with the females. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I did see it. I I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a different film. It's its own thing, and I really relate it to an episode of the real Ghostbusters. It reminds me a lot of that has that kind of flavor to it and it may not be for everybody but uh films and in general and any art is just subjective and uh you know everybody's entitled to their own feelings about things and uh i for one i enjoy it and it's i'm having a blast drawing them in the comic too the new characters so yeah i was gonna say i absolutely love uh your ghostbusters designs um, Thank you. Between you, Luis Delgado, and Eric, you guys really, really, really capture their personalities um, in such a unique way. And I absolutely love reading them. I love the style of the characters. Um, how did you come up with like each character's look? Because it's it's very different from the real Ghostbusters. Like there's some similarities, but it's it's very different from the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon everyone grew up with, and it's also different, obviously, from the you know, the real life counterparts. So Mm -hmm. how did you kind of come up with your own stylized version of that? Uh, Well, we're first off, we're not allowed to draw the actors uh, due to licensing Mm -hmm. agreements. So, or else we'd have to pay the actors if we drew them like them. So um, it actually started, I think it was like 2004. I was commissioned to do a Ghostbusters piece. And at that time I was drawing in a very stylistic manner. I, took a lot of inspiration from Bruce Tim, um, Alex Toth, kind of very animated looking. And because I was just recently out of doing a work with Ed, Ed and Eddie and animation school, I had that, a lot of those flavors going and uh, I kind of just went with a really angular look. I think it was like Batman and the animated series was a huge inspiration for me at the time. 
And, uh, yeah, no, it just kind of snowballed from that one commission. I started doing a whole bunch of art of Ghostbusters in that style. And then eventually I was lucky enough to have an opportunity to do that uh, one shot. It was a Halloween uh, themed holiday special Ghostbusters written by Peter David, who did a lot of amazing Hulk and Aquaman comics as well. You're talking about the haunted uh, holidays, right? Yeah, that's it. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, yeah, no, it was great because Halloween is my favorite holiday. And yes, I consider it a holiday. Yes. And, uh, And uh, it, and mixing that with Ghostbusters is kind of a no-brainer, really, for me. So, um, so you, you, yeah. I bet you dress up in your overalls with, with the uh, pack on the back, don't you? Uh, if I only had a pair of overalls. You know, um, <laughs> I do have the real Ghostbusters toy proton pack, mm. and uh, that's as far as I've made it. I haven't been able to afford or either monetarily or with time to build my own pack. <laughs> Those <laughs> things are they're amazing, like what the, the fans do with it is just astounding to see them up close and personal so uh but um yeah i think with the designs themselves they've been evolving over the years so you could take a look at the very first issue of ghostbusters compared to now and um i think they've really i've been refining them over the years so but i still look at uh, when i'm drawing them now i even look at older drawings for reference to make sure that they're on model so to speak so coming from an animation standpoint that's really important for me so, but yeah. I mean, you've been doing the Ghostbusters for what? It's been about six years now. What are some of those obstacles that you've been finding when you draw it? Uh, well, I believe it or not, I still struggle to draw the four main guys. Like sometimes really? I, I'm very picky about how they look. So um, sometimes I'll struggle with Egon or Ray. But uh, uh, one one tip I always use is I flip my drawings a lot so that I can see what's wrong with it. It's kind of an old animator's yeah. trick just to see what's um on level or not, because I don't actually draw at a desk. I use my animation disc, and I kind of just have that on my lap and draw. So um, sometimes things can get a little stretched because of the the stance I have, so flipping it's really important. But um, other obstacles I have, uh, other than the guys, sometimes researching new locations if we're drawing kind of a place that Eric's called out that I'm not familiar with. Um, I love drawing backgrounds, but sometimes those can be a bit of a challenge, especially crowd scenes, because I want to draw all the faces in it. And uh, Lewis hates me for that, (laughs) because he has to color everything. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, uh, those are the obstacles, but they're all great challenges, because they just get me to be a better artist each time I do it. Mm -hmm. So... It's funny that you actually bring up backgrounds, because when we were talking to Eric last week, uh, we asked him, you know, um, do you have anything you want to say to Dan or, or, you know, give us some give us some gossip or whatever? And and he's like, well, he just kept saying how nice you were. And then he finally just said, fine, just tell him to quit drawing backgrounds. (laughs) He did. And uh, so, yeah, it's actually funny that you that you bring that up. So he's like, you know, I'll tell him, just give me a blank room and he'll still just go in there and he just draws out these incredible detailed backgrounds and everything. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's tough for me not to draw the backgrounds because I like to have a character in an environment Mm because it helps me ground them. So sometimes I can see them not having backgrounds, like with an action panel or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, addicted to background work. Well, from a reader standpoint, I can tell you that us on four guys, at least, we we appreciate the background work and stuff. It it, it really helps make the comic pop. So, yeah. 
No, oh, thank you. I appreciate so. it. So you're saying not to stop drawing. Yeah, you correct. Well, I don't want to keep. Okay. You, I don't want to keep giving you <laughs> no, work. No. I mean, I don't want to give you like extra work. But if you would like to yeah. draw backgrounds, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can manage that. So, yeah. but yeah, it's just a, a page feels kind of um, empty to me, especially with the characters being so simple without having the backgrounds in there. So, I feel like. A part of me feels like I've shortchanged myself and the reader if I don't add in a little of that extra energy to it. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, you also seem to be like a big fan of kind of Easter eggs um, in your drawings. Yeah. Uh, for instance, in like issue two, I think it was of Ghostbusters, you drew yourself and your daughter, um, and she is also holding a Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man doll. Um, yeah. in there and so and I mean you've had some other ones where you, I think you drew like a picture of yourself like in a portrait frame or something um, next to one of the desks in one of the earlier issues uh, I don't know if it was me I don't really like to draw myself in, in the comic too much I like to draw other people a lot but um, that may have been the uh, cover to 17 when we had the Ghostbusters in that different universe when those collectors came and took them away and I had Janine on the cover yes, with all those yes, Polaroids that, yep, on the, yep, on that's the cover. It. That's, that's the one. Yeah, I think I may have reused a drawing that I did of me before, oh. but a lot of the drawings in there actually, I think they are reused from different panels in the comic because it made more sense mm -hmm. since there are photographs uh, to reuse the art. But um yeah, no, I, I love drawing other people in the books, and I, I try and, you know, when I can, I'll drop in fans of the comics, and ju just to kind of say thank you and for the support, because uh, being an independent book, the sales aren't quite as high as like a Batman book, obviously, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, we really appreciate uh, everybody picking up the issues and, and reading it and enjoying it as much as we enjoy creating it. Yeah, no, they're they're amazing and they're absolutely gorgeous as well. You know, and Eric's writing in your drawing. I mean, it's it's incredible. I enjoy the books immensely. Um, I'm actually in the process right now of collecting on the hardcovers because I prefer hard. I'm more of a hardcover collector, so I prefer hardcovers. Um, nice. So I've already got. Uh, I think it's interdimensional rip pre-ordered. That one's coming out this fall in hardcover, so I got that one coming. And yeah, um, that's the one with the uh, the ecto cover on it. Yes. Yeah, that one's all ecto-themed, so everything inside of it is um, kind of like the dash of the ecto and the schematic, like a blueprint of the car. Oh, awesome. All the different versions of ectos, so you'll get that. And it kind of has that flavor of the ni or 1956. Is that the correct year for that Cadillac? I can't remember exactly right now, but uh, it kind of has that flavor as if it's like an ad for that. You know, like those instruction books that just deal with that one specific brand of car or model. Yes. Kind of has that flavor to it. So uh, that is yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm excited for people to see it. I hope they like it. We put a, a little, we like to put a little extra work into the, uh, the hardcovers when we can, when we have the time. I yeah, know that is, that is awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Sweet. Uh, and I'm the opposite. I, I like, I, I like the actual issues. Um, one thing I, I do love especially when it comes to issue is, um, covers i love cover art and you guys do a lot of uh what i want to say uh cover a cover b and uh retailer incentive covers mm -hmm. i like that i enjoy seeing all the different covers that you guys have been putting out for it thanks yeah no we i, I really like doing the ones that connect together like mm -hmm. the uh, that new one that we have for the ghostbusters 101 it has like the six issues you kind of put those together and they they make that 
really long running scene. Mm-hmm. Kind of inspired by the uh, the Marvel Universe handbooks from back yes. in the day, early '80s. And uh, yeah, no, they're lots of fun. I really like it when I don't have to draw the Ghostbusters on the front of the cover. Not that I don't mind drawing them, but it's fun to kind of explore other characters. Um, we got to do that a little bit with that mass hysteria arc, where I was able to draw like Lewis Tully on the front cover and mm-hmm. Dana Barrett and. It's just kind of fun to mix things up a bit and that they afford me the opportunity not to have the four Ghostbusters on the front. I think really speaks volumes about uh, the readership as well, so that we're allowed to do that. So usually ta- they like to have all the Ghostbusters on everything. <laughs> yeah. Now you're talking about handbooks. Uh, kind of have to circle into the fact you did a handbook, uh, some, some work to handbook that I absolutely love. That's uh, for Invincible Universe. Oh, yeah, that was, like, way back in the day. Yeah. Yes, in fact, I, I'm holding it in my hand right now as we speak. I, I'm a nice. huge principal fan, and, you know, the work you did with, like, Kursk, I, I, just, I love it. absolutely love it. Thank you. Yeah, no, that was back in the day when I would color everything in Flash, and uh, those take a really long time to do, and I no longer have the patience for it. <laughs> but uh, I was really humbled that uh, Dusty asked me to do that. He's an amazing artist, and, uh, yeah, it was very humbled, and it was great to uh, have an opportunity to be a part of that book. Some really amazing art in there. Yeah, there really is, and, and it's kind of cool because very as soon as you open up, the very first pick is of yours. <laughs> yeah, I was I was honored that it was the first drawing too. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> and and Ryan Otley's art is always amazing too. So yeah, Otley is you know nobody nobody can blow brains blowing on the wall better than Otley. <laughs> exactly. I always think of that Flash cover he did with the zombie Flash, and he was eating all the brains super quick. Yes. That was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, very cool. So, one of my favorite Ghostbuster minis was the Get Real crossover. Um, That was epic, because, you know, being a kid in the late 80s, early 90s, I lived off the real Ghostbusters. Um, You know, I think my first Ghostbusters uh, experience was the, the one with Tracy the Gorilla. Yeah, the Filmation Ghostbusters. Yes, the Filmation, yep. And then as I got older, I saw the real Ghostbusters. And that just blew me away because I was a a fan of the movies and stuff. Um, And so when you guys did the crossover event with the real Ghostbusters, I was super, super excited. Um, Read all the issues, and I was blown away by how well you guys were able to kind of mimic uh, the look of the... You know the real Ghostbusters um, from back then. I mean, it looked like they just stepped out of the cartoon. Oh, thanks. That's a huge compliment. That's what we're aiming for. You so. you nailed it. It was absolutely incredible. Oh, thanks. I, I think a lot of the credit goes to Lewis's colors um, because I I think the colors like I could draw them on model as much as I can, but without that extra layer of mimicking the the look of a, a TV show from the 80, 1986 really falls a lot on the color work so he did he just knocked it out of the park it was great yeah it, it looked absolutely amazing slimer looked spot on like it took me back to my childhood it was awesome nice that's yeah. awesome to hear thanks <laughs> yeah no thank you it was it's probably like one of my favorite arcs I absolutely love that one I just thought it was really kind of a fun playground. Um, now, did you also get a chance to do the art? I don't recall on the Ghostbusters Ninja Turtle crossover. Yeah, I did most, like, I'd say about 90% of the art for that. And, uh, it was the first issue up to page 10 
we had uh, some, uh, I think it was uh, C.P. Wilson and Corey Smith did the art for the first, uh, when they were in the Ninja Turtle universe. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as it swapped over to the Ghostbusters universe, that's when I took over all the pencil work. And then that went over all the way into the end of issue four. Okay. So, uh, and that was great too, getting an opportunity to draw the Ninja Turtles because I was huge on those when I was younger. And I'm, I really enjoy the work that uh, Tom is doing and, and Bobby at IDW and all the other artists that have yeah. been on it for the past few years. And uh, yeah, they've, it's amazing to see them take that property and just push it further and further each time. They've made some amazing arcs that work so. So you've kind of gotten to play in a few different universes, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, you know, things like that. Are there any other uh, sandboxes, I guess, universes that, you, that you're wanting to play in that IDW has available? Or are you kind of hoping that, you know, do you want to branch out and do something different? Superhero comics? You know, kind of what would you like to do if you could pick whatever? Oh, there's, there's a few. Um, as far as things that IDW could get i would love to do um a kind of a mini arc with the visionaries which is an 80s cartoon. yes the holograms on yes yeah i think there's a a really good opportunity with that concept of having high science and then losing all of it and resorting to magic instead which is really just un- misunderstood science magic i think so you can. You, there's so many great things. You could still keep the characters, like update them, obviously. And um, I'm not too sure what Hasbro has in mind with that property, because I know that they're making lots of live-action films with all these things too, like Mask and what have you. So, um, but I would love to do that as a uh, a comic book. I think it would translate really well because you can do so much more with comics than you can with films. You can only have so much of a budget. So, uh, yeah, the, the holograms are always a, a blast to watch on that cartoon. Well, I'm going to say, if you do do that, I expect to see some holographic covers. Oh, yeah. that Wouldn't that be cool to bring that those back? That would be awesome. <laughs> yes. I haven't seen those since the 90s. I think I still have, like, that Spider-Man issue 300 <laughs> in my one of the long boxes I have here. Um, as for outside of IDW, I would like any opportunity to draw any DC or Marvel characters would be fun. Uh, just to kind of branch out into a style that is different than the Ghostbusters that's not so animated looking and more comic book looking, adding more shadow detail and, you know, just pushing that envelope a bit more. Um, it would be fantastic to do, like, a Plastic Man. Oh, that would be the, nice. Or the Demon. Anything uh, new New Gods would be great. Um, as for Marvel, it would be great to do, like, Spider-Man or Ghost Rider. Uh, let's see, Iron Fist or Power Man would be great, too. Mm-hmm. So um, anything that has a little bit of humor to it, uh, a character that isn't too dark, that would be where I would gravitate towards. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, fingers we'll crossed, man. Yeah, yeah. Your, your art's awesome. Like I said, I absolutely love oh, it. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, like you said, they kind of you know people have like that humor to them. It's not too dark. Like that's I don't know. Your your art's just fantastic. And if they ever do a Visionaries, oh my god, that'd be epic. You guys are sold. You can go in. Well, I'll put it on my pull list too, which would be weird that I'm drawing it, but that's how much I'd love to do it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Visionaries would be awesome. Uh, IDW overall is doing some really, really cool stuff. They have some unique uh, 
licenses and things that they're able to do. Plants vs. Zombies. Cool. Yeah, they got some, they do have yeah. some weird stuff there. Yeah, they do. Yeah, no, they, and they always um, hire people that are passionate about the source material, too. And you can see it in all of their books, um, which is fantastic. Everything from, like, Transformers uh, and the My Little Pony was great. The Samurai Jack was amazing mm-hmm. as well. And, uh, yeah, no, the, um, the Star Trek is fantastic as yeah. well. Yeah, so, yeah, it is. I've been enjoying it. And when the they had Doctor Who, that was great. So. Yes. So do you have any conventions or anything coming up that you'd want to you want to throw out there, let people know where you're going to be? Yeah, actually, I have one at the end of April, which is in uh, at the Calgary Expo okay. in Canada. Yeah. So if you're up in Alberta around the end of April, you can come on by. And I think uh, I know I'll have a table there, and we're talking about doing a panel or two. So if you have any questions or if anybody has any comic books, like, I sign them for free. Everybody's like, oh, how much do you charge for an autograph? And I've, I'll never charge for an autograph. So, Which is the way it should be. Yeah, yeah it's kind of weird. I, I can see celebrities having to do it because they are paid to be there. So, um, But, uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd never do sign, uh, charge for a signature. So come on cool. by. Bring all the comics. I've had people bring, like, 50 of them at once, and I sign them all. <laughs> Very nice. That is awesome. And then for those that maybe aren't able to make it out that way, do you do, like, commissions online or anything if people are interested in getting something done by you? Uh, well, unfortunately, with the comic book schedule, I don't have time to do commission work. Yeah, gotcha. um, okay. it, it pretty much takes up 30 days of the month. So um, just with all those backgrounds I'm drawing, <laughs> going back to that, it just takes up all the time. But, uh, yeah, no, so I don't have any commission open but uh, when i do i will post it on like twitter or instagram that i have uh those are my main social media sources that i use and uh yeah then if people want to check me out on there twitter is dapper pomade and instagram is danny shoning so you can follow me on there cool perfect yeah awesome red do you have any other questions no i think we're good all right well, thank you, Dan, very much for coming on and doing this. We we greatly appreciate it. It's nice yes, to be able to speak you. with Eric and then you as well. It's It's been a really cool two weeks for us. So thank you, and, yeah, hopefully we get a Visionaries comic soon. <laughs> no, it, it was my pleasure. I had a, a blast chatting with you guys, and I uh, really appreciate the support with the book and all the kind words. And uh, we'll keep drawing the Ghostbusters comics, and we'll see where uh, Ghostbusters 101 goes. There's some pretty exciting uh stories that eric's telling here so fantastic cool yeah Looking forward to it all right take all right. care thanks Thank very you. much guys have a good one thank you dan you have a good one